Hello, my friends, and welcome. I'm Christian Wolcott with Optima Associates, and welcome to another episode of the OptiCast. This one entitled Lean Management in COVID-19, the Pandemic. So like many of you, um, I have been sitting off to the side. That's been no surprise. I think I've mentioned it in a couple podcasts ago that I was one of those non-essential workers. So I've been sitting at home here like some of you. Uh, I know some of you maybe are back to work at this point. Um, some of you maybe are fully back to work and bravo for that. And maybe some of you have been continuing. Maybe there was no uh, hiccup at all with any of this. And you know, kudos to you and those industries for supporting us. But for those of us who have been sitting off at home just a bit, there's a few challenges that this whole quarantine and the pandemic has brought upon us. And I know in some ways it shows up on the scale because some of us have been uh, really busy being at home, trying to kind of get through our days, coping with the stresses of what uh, the abnormal or the new normal is. And some of us have been taking in a lot more food. I know uh, more conversations than not with my colleagues and some of my friends say, yeah, boy, we've been sitting at home here and just been consuming all kinds of stuff. Good food, trying to make us feel a little bit better. And, and that's true here in my household as well, if I'm to be completely honest. And I think that part's fine. That part's really good. But it struck me here maybe, maybe a week or so ago about uh, what this impact really is just the, the, from a consumption standpoint. And that tie-in is, is that I often make reference um, when working with clients, uh, when doing training events, um, when having conversations with our, my clientele, and that is the tie of, of our dietary needs to the world of continuous improvement. Why? Because CI is my world, right? So in a continuous improvement world, we often talk about the need to do things on a daily basis, okay? So the tie-in becomes, how often do we do continuous improvement? Is it truly continuous? Do we do it every day in the same way that we take in calories and eat food? Because if we're real honest, some of our organizations are somewhat good at it, meaning we do really, daily we meet and we talk about how we can improve and process and, and how we can make things more effective and faster and all of that. But some of our organizations don't do that. And some organizations don't do it at all, right? It's just a thought at this point. So it becomes a challenge. Because if we were to do, uh, if we were to do as many you know, improvements to our business, if we were to feed the business new good things, new nutrients, new processes to get different outcomes, safety, quality, delivery, cost, anybody, if we were truly committed to doing that, we would put in place a system, a way, a method for us to take in a better balanced diet, a better uh, cadence of doing this. Again, a way to systematize our thoughts. So we're not just not doing it at all. Now, most of us right now are probably overeating, but most of our businesses, and one of the challenges are going to be when we go back, is how much do we feed the business? And what is the frequency? Are we giving it enough or are we starving it? And what happens when we don't get enough? We get ugly, grouchy, uh, we lose focus, we are disconnected, we get weak. And that's something that we have enough challenges with right now. 
right? So amidst here, amidst this pandemic, amidst all of this toil, all of this stress, the larger problem, the larger challenge might be might become, might position itself as what is our system? How can we put in place a better, more effective practice standard, if you will? And we're going to get to that later here in the cast. What sort of standard can we put in place for ourselves as a company, as a site, as a person? So I have the great pleasure of having a wonderful guest today with us on the Opticast. I have a author who has written probably one of the best, it is a seminal continuous improvement book. I'm sure some of you have read this book. If you haven't, you need to go buy it. We'll, we'll tell you where to get that at the end of the cast here today. The name of the book is Creating a Lean Culture, and it's by the author, David Mann. David, welcome to the Opticast. Thanks, Christian. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, David, this is fantastic. You know, I have used your book for years, years and years with clients, making reference specifically to the daily management systems that you outline. And... Um, you know, one of the initial, you know, I've used it for years and, and, and not, you know, not reached out to you and had a conversation, but only about a year ago, I had a client, this is really where it comes from. So kudos to, uh, my client in Ohio and they know who they are, uh, where they asked the question, Hey, where did this stuff come from? And as I went back, I didn't have the answer in the moment. I went back and looked through the book for the 20th time that I used your book. And I couldn't find the actual sources or what the origin point of your work was. So maybe to start with here today, tell us, how, what's the background on this? Where did this start? Um, started uh, when I was working at Steelcase. I worked at Steelcase for, it's an office furniture manufacturer in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, worked there for, I don't know, about 20 years. The last 10 years is really when I was doing something that that was worthwhile, uh, and that was, uh, we had, uh, so this would have been in like 1998 or 19, uh, 1997, uh, the manufacturing people hired um, a lean consulting outfit uh, headquartered at the University of Michigan School of Engineering. Okay. And these were all... Um, these were all Toyota guys. They were all uh, automotive guys. The mm -hmm. first American that Toyota hired, uh, an engineer, John Shook, brilliant guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he, uh, in his work, developed this uh, consulting organization that consisted of either Toyota-trained or ex-Toyota um, engineers. What they were interested in, the reason they were interested in us was uh, they were coming from the automotive industry, which is uh, high volume, low variety, relatively speaking. And uh, the office furniture business is part uh, uh, a style business and part of manufacturing business. Sure. So there were lots of styles, uh, lots of discrete, orderable things, like in the if you add them all up, uh, somebody did this one day. Uh, it was over uh, well over a quadrillion of, of discrete, orderable units. Okay. So, um, uh, 
some of it was high volume, but most of it was high variety. And these these uh, Toyota guys, they were all guys at that point, mm-hmm. wanted to see <laughs> if what worked in uh, in the automotive environment could apply elsewhere as well in a low volume uh, or variable volume, high variety environment. So, okay. Um, we really wanted their help, and they were interested uh, to try their uh, to try the tools of their of their trade on us. Okay. So uh, they started working with us, and the us here would have been Steelcase, uh, particularly that Steelcase at the time had about a dozen North American plants, and uh, plant by plant, the uh, uh, the the uh, engineering and manufacturing team that had was working with this uh, Toyota group, this uh, University of Michigan College of Engineering, ex-Toyota group, uh, uh, they would go from plant to plant to plant and develop, um, you know, a new process, uh, eliminating schedule points, okay. eliminating uh, lots of inventory. Sure. I, I mean, uh, inventory by the ton, literally. <laughs> Uh, and uh, uh, changed uh, the the manufacturing process from uh, batch and queue manufacturing to flow and pull manufacturing. So um, they were doing this in steel case plants, which typically were organized typically in focus factories. Each focus factory would make a different product line, related but different. So in the chair plant. You'll never guess what they made in the chair plant. There were like five or six separate lines of chairs <laughs> that went through different processes uh, and were their own focus factory. Okay. So, so the uh, so the um, a project would form mm-hmm. um, for a focus factory um, uh, in one of the plants, and they would study the process mm-hmm. uh, as it existed, and then they would redesign it. Um, to follow the lean principles, and over a three-day weekend, maintenance crews would come in and they would pick up everything in that uh, in that focus factory and rearrange it. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're going from uh, many schedule points. Uh, one a factory that made file cabinets uh, had 13 different schedule points. Oh, uh, and, and inventory! <laughs> wow, that was uh, literally stacked up to the to the ceiling. Okay, and this is like a forty foot ceiling, so it's tremendous inventory. Sounds like a nightmare. Uh, and uh, with the advent of the new process, all of that was gone. Okay, um, it was uh, um, a pull replenishment system and a, a flow. A manufacturing process. Okay. So the islands of inventory that separated the uh, the various parts of the process were all gone. Okay. Okay. So it was a brilliant. Uh, these were brilliant layouts, um, and they worked perfectly, usually for about a week. Okay. In some cases, as as short as a day. Okay. Uh, when the project teams turned the uh, the focus factory back over to uh, manufacturing leadership, yes. superintendents, yes. supervisors. Uh-huh. They didn't know. They didn't know to do anything differently than they'd ever done before. Uh-huh. And so, uh, the, what was happening to us happened um, widely across industries. Okay. Um, and that is that um, fewer than five percent of lean initiatives um, or 
were successful. Yeah. They just lasted long enough to actually produce uh, um, an impact on the uh, uh, on the financials right. of the company. Now, I and, love this. And, I love that you're sharing this story, this piece, because this part is so critical in so many organizations' uh, journey is the approach. And you're not, again, you didn't have a, you didn't have the benefit of a creating a lean culture book going into this. You guys were learning by doing. You were learning in the moment. So you'd go and make these changes in areas that really had ripe opportunity to drive out waste. But the approach was a little bit not quite right yet. It wasn't quite fully baked in terms of how do we do this with our people, not to our people. It was, it was very common. So we were, we were one of the first wave of non-automotive plants, okay. uh, non-automotive factories to, to use these methods. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, uh, you're right, there were, there were no books. We were, you know, we were working with uh, the consultants that were advising us mm-hmm. uh, on, the, on the design, and they turned the keys over to us. And it turns out that the supervisors and team leaders um, who were the the, uh, the the frontline leaders in these focus factories? Mm-hmm. They didn't know what to do differently than they'd always done. Ah, yeah. And what they'd always done is uh, uh, they they if they had a problem, they would work around the problem. Uh, they would uh, uh, they did not like the fact that they were working with such. Uh, low levels of inventory it made them very nervous. Sure, sure. Because they had they had always had oh I don't know n- not just weeks but months of inventory. Sure. In, in various places in these factories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they would uh, uh, they would pull people off the line to chase parts. Uh-huh. Uh, they would um, uh, bring inventory back in between workstations between work centers. Oof. Yeah. Uh, and uh, literally. Within, it, it was common that uh, when the project team turned the area back to uh, to regular management, mm-hmm. that within within a day or or at most a week, they'd uh, the systems would fall apart because yeah. their lean uh, a, a lean flow and pull production environment is extremely well balanced and delicately balanced. Yes. It turns out. Yes. So that balance was uh, was being upset, and that and it and it, it happened time and time again, uh, right around uh, you know two thousand two to two thousand four. Um, I would uh, run into a lot of people at conferences, typically, mm-hmm. and uh, they would say, "We you know we can't make this we can't make this work. The the lean is not compatible with our company culture." There was a there was a lot of emphasis on yeah. our culture is we don't do it that way around here. We've yeah. done it this other way. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so what, when when they said those words, and I'm and I'm guessing maybe in some in some of the instances that's exactly what was probably said to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Lean. What you guys are trying to do here doesn't fit with our culture. What was your initial thought on that? I mean, how, how'd you process that? How'd you? What was the breakthrough to kind of say, oh. You know, maybe we hadn't considered culture before, or what was what was the learning moment there? What was the what was the aha for you? Um, we were uh, uh, we followed the adage: go to the place, look at the process, talk to the people. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I spent 
several years. It was probably the, the best job I've ever had. Uh-huh. Several years going, so there, there, you know, a dozen plants, lots and lots of focus factories, a lot of manufacturing mm. activity. Yeah. Um, my technical colleagues were looking at the technical application of the industrial engineering tools, which is really what lean production is. Uh, I'd go out and spend time with the supervisors and team leaders. I, I was like a circuit riding preacher almost. <laughs> so that, that was Love it. 40 hours a week. I, uh, I was in the plants on the floor talking to people and asking, what, so what's, a, you know, what's the problem here? What do you think would be helpful? What if you tried this? What if you tried that? Yeah. And uh, I had, um, I was, I was not welcome in, in all of these plants. Uh, <laughs> you know, that would be a fairy tale. Um, but, but with several plants, I was a regular. And, and uh, doing trial and error problem solving mm-hmm. with uh, team leaders, uh, uh, production supervisors, and production superintendents. What would, what would help make this new system um, uh, understandable? Sure. And sure. and where and and how will you find the benefits of this new system? Okay. And it's so lean systems by design um, uh, force problems to the surface. Yes. Uh, conventional manufacturing, uh, uh, the culture is hide the problems. Don't, right. Don't reveal the problems. Sure. You know, just ship it. Just get it done. Right. You know, put it in a box. We'll worry about it later. Or build more inventory, more pillows, more cushion. To hide those yep. problems. Yes, yes. So, so, um, so the, the tools, the lean tools, are you know very low inventory tools, and but over a period of four or five years, we developed um, with the frontline leaders. Um, so, what what would help you um, get a problem surfaced mm-hmm. uh, without being um, you know embarrassing? Sure. And and how do you mobilize? Um, everyone, not just uh, the, the few technical resources that you might be able to rope in, but how do you organize the whole process yeah. to bring, bring problems to the fore, to the forefront, and then um, how do you go about attacking them, eliminating them, and making improvement? Okay. Okay. So what'd you do? So uh, did you use an eight? I'm curious, over this period of time with handling problems, did you utilize uh, like A3s or what was your, what was the technique of working and kind of discovering and, and putting in place these ways to work with teams? What, what did you use? Well, uh, so I'm, I'm not a technical person by, by background. Okay. I'm, a, um, I'm a psychologist. I'm a card carrying oh. social scientist. <laughs> so, you know, my, uh, um, the, the people part, was really where I was able to make a contribution. Okay. Okay. And uh, um, I, I, the the work that I was doing with uh, you know side by side and trial and error with uh, the line leaders mm-hmm. uh, would be ways to engage people, not just the leaders but everyone in, in the building, particularly the front line people, um, to to bring problems to the surface, and then a process for collecting the problems every day, Yeah, uh, and for assigning 
small bite tasks. Yes. These would be um, uh, written on a post-it note okay. and stuck on a board okay. um, uh, with someone's name on it. Sure. And so there were uh, uh, team leaders might spend 15 minutes before lunch and 15 minutes after lunch working on these, you know, these bite-sized process improvement projects that emerged from the problems that um, production people were writing down on production tracking charts. Sure. Okay. Okay. So, so lean is uh, uh, lean thinking says you want to compare. Um, what you expect with what you got. Right. So you've got exactly. expected versus actual um, way of keeping track. And when actual uh, doesn't meet that expected um, expectation, sure. you write it down. Exactly. And we'll, and we'll do something about it. And yeah. the, the production people, um, you know, they don't like standing around any more than anybody else does. So they're standing around twiddling their thumbs yes. while, while the line is down because there's, you know, some problem. It's, it's frustrating for them, these interruptions and delays. So they were, they were all about, yes, we have problems too. Mm -hmm. No one has ever asked us about our problems. But ah. Now that you are, we'll write them down as they occur. Fantastic. So, so you've got a production tracking chart. Yep. Um, the idea of which is to, is to surface problems, make them visible. Mm-hmm. So you've got a production tracking chart um, uh, that you review every day. Yes. So, for example, a supervisor would review the production tracking chart every day mm -hmm. with um, uh, maybe a, um, one or two technical people, you know, maybe an engineer some days, maybe a, a maintenance person some days, um, but with all their team leaders. So they review the problems from yesterday's production tracking chart. Um, and they and they make these task assignments. Sure. Um, hey, you know, Christian, uh, can you look into the cause of uh, uh, of, of this uh, valve failure? Right. That's happening um, intermittently. Any problem, right? Why we're out of pallets? Why we don't have tape? Why there isn't labels over here? Why are there people missing? Why do I have to wait for the fork truck to show up to pull the load off? Otherwise, I got to shut the machine down. Any sort of issue, correct? All that stuff. Yes. All that stuff. And uh, um, so you've got team leaders who have, uh, they have standardized work, just like production people have standardized work. Yes. Uh, their standardized work is, is echoed in supervisor standardized work, which is echoed in superintendent, so a level up standard yep. work. Yes. All the way up to the plant manager. Yeah. And, uh, so leader standard work is no more than then a list of things that you want to do um, every every day if you're a team leader. Mm -hmm. Like one of those things is you want to talk to every person every day. Yes. Ten minutes or ten cycles. How's the work going? How was your daughter's volleyball game yesterday? That part that part is very important. Sure. Especially coming back from uh, the, the the closures from the pandemic. Yes, so yes, I'm making, so glad you're saying this. You're making human contact with people. Yes. Um, you're asking for their help. Um, how's, how's the work going? Uh, well, it's fine on my station, Christian. Right, uh, right. Okay, so Christian says, well, we have a problem over on station four. As you rotate through, um, uh, would, you be, would you spend some time thinking about what what would we do on this on the defects that are coming out of station four? Right. If, you know, if I'm on 
you know, if Christian's on station seven right now. Right. So we're, um, uh, we're listening to people, uh, many of whom have never been listened to before. We're asking um, about them and their lives, their yes. families, yes. Um, their interests. Yes. You know, how does that new fly rod work? for you i mean <laughs> this is this is human contact yeah so, so you, you've got 10 minutes to do this you're you're observing um whether the standardized work for that station is being followed yeah you're asking people is there a way you think that this work could be um, easier uh safer more efficient uh or more interesting so you've got so, these you've got these so two we're pieces in, we're engaging people yeah um, as as autonomous humans each of whom has a brain uh, and and we're asking them to 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 use the brain, their brain, and we're and we're engaging them as whole people. Uh, so there's there's a lot of, and this this doesn't get this doesn't get talked about nearly as much as I think it should. But there's a, a lot of work focused in a in a healthy environment. Sure. Uh, paying attention to the hearts and minds. Of the people doing the work, of the frontline people especially. Yeah. So, the, so you did you discover this at the same time? So we have the two pieces. We've got the 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 daily management pieces, but are probably more focused on performance. Do frontline workers, wherever they are, if they're on a service counter or they're working on a production line or any other concern for that matter, do they have what they need? Are we hitting targets for performance, safety, quality, delivery, cost, anything else under the sun? And then simultaneously, was this was, did this come at the same time? Leader standard work, which again is for management, and that is to develop and put in place, uh, you know, servant-minded leaders and managers, meaning that they're going to focus on: Do people have what they need for success? Our process is working. Have I had a dialogue with my frontline team, the people that? I support, not work for me, people that I support as a manager or leader. Have I had a one-on-one? -on -one? Have I updated the tracking charts? I, am, I, am I aware of what the training and skills needs might be for my team? So did these two pieces, leader standard work and the daily management system, was that born together or did that one come of come? Because they have, they have to both be there, right, to, to, in order to work. But did, were, they birth, were they both... Um, um, did you identify them together at the same time? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. So, uh, so we're we're putting these changes in place, uh, and you want to make sure that that uh, those changes are sustained because yes. we're asking people to do things differently, right. not just in the major rearranges, but in daily improvement activities that change various aspects of the process. Yes. So the um, uh, the first thing uh, coming out of a structured improvement activity like a Kaizen event. Yes. Uh, actually, not the first thing. The last thing you do after you write um, the, um, the standardized work for the newly improved process um, is, you, is you begin leader standard work mm -hmm. that says 10 minutes or 10 cycles every person every day for the for the team leaders and for supervisors who have broader responsibilities and are not right on the line sure um, every minute of the day and this is especially important right now I mean in, in your opinion correct because with the folks coming back to work after this oh, yeah. this this time of where it's been maybe incomplete or partial teams working or whole plants coming back at one time this is really a critical piece of startup 
Right, and this isn't like a couple of people coming back from you know deer camp. Right, right. This is this is well, you know the whole the whole kid and caboodle. Yes, it's been shut down. Now now we're opening it up. So one of the things that's going to happen um, is uh, if if you've been off work for you know six, eight, twelve weeks, right, um, and you come back to a job that you've done for years. Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance you're going to look at that. You're going to be looking at that work with different eyes. Sure. Things will occur to you that never occurred to you before. Ideas for improvement. Yes. Um, are yes. going to occur to you that have never occurred before. Plus, you're. I mean, this is this has been really traumatic, you know, um, around the world. Right. So you're back at work, and you want to have the the people who you uh, you know who are responsible for you your team leader and your supervisor you want to hear from them sure that they that they care about you that they know about you and your family that if there's cause for concern they express concern um they're uh, um you're looking to support them yes you're looking to support the people uh who make the product that that customers pay us for and I think you said something so wonderful here, David, and it's, getting, it's going to get overlooked because it, we're going to get lost in the rustle and bustle of coming back to work. But those people being, being away for this long, and some of us have been away for a long time, that, those new eyes, those are intensely valuable because maybe you have forgotten or you come in and you go, I haven't, I, I forgot the layout or I forgot the flow and oh, this doesn't make sense or we could do something different. Those new eyes are really going to last for a while before they kind of revert back to the old. But in those moments, in that initial week or two that you come back, oh my goodness, we should be, we should be hot on this to collect what do we see and challenge. Do we have the right layout? Is this working as best as it could? Why is this so difficult for me to do this particular task? Exactly. So, um, the team leader standard work. So the team leader standard work is the first line of defense. Yes. For the standardized lead production process. Yes, because if that doesn't work, the rest of it kind of falls apart. Correct. Correct. Yes. So, so the team leaders ten minutes or ten cycles every person every day. Mm-hmm. That that's that's their that's their duty. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some improvement activity to do. Points where they have, you know, uh, um, where they don't have uh, their time completely accounted for right but they're but they are really there to take care of the of the lean production process uh and maintain its consistency uh and to in to to enlist frontline uh in in helping to improve the business and helping to improve their process their workstation the um the the uh, supervisors uh leader standard work Mm -hmm is going to have the same 10 minutes or 10 cycles with one person per team leader. Yes. So there's, so there's redundancy built into the multiple layers of, um, of leader standard work yes. to make sure that that first line of defense is holding and that, and that we are um, actively engaging uh, and involving people, um, everybody, right. uh, the frontline people, certainly. Uh, in thinking about how can we make this process better? How can you make your process better? How can we make the whole the whole line better? Right. How can we um, improve uh, the whole organization? 
Yeah. And all of that starts with this focus on the front line. Yeah. And so there's yeah. and so there's spot checking on the manufacturing side. There's spot checking uh, built. Uh, so you've got um, everybody every day for the team leader, one person every day, same 10 minutes, 10 cycles, same dialogue. Yes, yes. One person per team leader. Uh-huh. Uh, for a manufacturing superintendent, you're going to do the same thing, one person per supervisor. Right. And for the plant manager or executives, when they're, you know, when they have time on the floor, they're doing 10 minutes or 10 cycles, oh, on a, yes. you know, not on a blanket basis, yes. but they're spot checking to make sure that what we said we were going to do, we're doing, and that the people with whom we're doing it um, are are the ones that we're asking, you know, have you seen your, have you seen your team leader today? Exactly. Have, have exactly. You your, have you seen your supervisor? Recently? Yes. And that question should be the ideal. The ideal for this, the goal for this should be, yes, I have seen them. I know what's going on. I have been to the Gemba. I understand what's going on. Again, servant-minded leaders who focus on, do people have what they need to be successful today? Right? Because every day is a little bit different. Um, every day. I, I mean, manufacturing is exciting. It is. It looks like it's whole home or it just, you know, runs, runs by itself. Right. I, I've actually heard manufacturing people say, well, you know, these plants run by themselves. No, <laughs> no, no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. So, um, so you've got this, so you've got this, um, really weird environment that we're in now where you've yeah. got people coming back to work. Yeah. Um, um, the, the, you want to, you want to, um, uh, reestablish your human-to-human relationship with them. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been traumatized. Who knows what they've seen? Who knows what's gone on in their extended families? So, you know, you want to you want to express concern. You want to ask about those things. That that you know, uh, you can be sure that that stuff is on people's minds and that they want to talk about it. Some. Maybe not everybody, but some people. They need to get this off their chest. Yes. You got ten. You have ten minutes to listen if yeah. you're a team leader yeah. to, to everybody on the floor. So you want to, you know, you want to harvest um, what the the crops come, mm-hmm. the crops that come up from the new eyes. Yes. Yes. Uh, and and you want to strengthen the relationship with the hearts and minds of the people um, who are doing the work who just come out of really difficult circumstances. Yeah. All of us have come out of those. Yes. But as a leader, you know, part of your job is taking care of people, and that definitely is, is taking care of them. Yes. Excellent. So, Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it, 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 I, so lean is really powerful, but mm-hmm. it's, it is extreme. It's really different. Um, more different than it seems because the product you're making doesn't change, but it's really different from a conventional way of doing things. Yeah, um, it's going to turn a lot of things upside down, mm-hmm. um, at least for the short run. So uh, I would say, you know, with uh, with pr- production resuming after a, a pandemic, mm-hmm. probably not a good time to begin introducing these changes. Yeah, but if you if you have been at them. Use the use the context. Use the uh, fact that that you've been working closely with the people who make the product that people pay us for, yes. and go back to them, re-enlist yes. them in the process for making improvement, and and certainly re-establish uh, uh, your uh, your human relationship with them uh, in the course of doing that. Fantastic, fantastic. 
David, thank you for being here with us today and sharing the background and your thoughts on this and, and tying it to our, our current condition and the challenges. Um, there are so many things that uh, we do right now that are, are relevant to lean management systems. Again, if we were out, go out there and Google what is lean, it says, yeah, improvement, improvement of waste from business systems. But to your words earlier, lean, lean makes problems visible. And right now, that's always been the case. It'll always be the case. But the challenge that comes with that is what does management do with those problems once they become visible? How do we, the collective we, work together with the people that we serve to solve them? And then right now, tying that with the people coming back to work, again, with almost those new eyes again, can we, cap can we capture and see additional problems or other, other word, opportunities with our work so we, don't, so we can grab onto those things and start, again, making improvements that better uh, make our workplaces safer, more effective, easier, faster, you know, be easier, better, faster, cheaper, and to Shingo's words, in that order. Can we do these things collectively with, as, as a system, as a matter of practice, as a standard? Um, you know, we talk about leader standard work. So for those of you, for the listeners that are out there that would like to learn more about this, again, I'm going to point you to, if you don't have it on your shelf by now, and, or if you forgot what the, go back and read it or go buy it. Go buy Creating a Lean Culture by David Mann. David, where can we find your book? What's, what's the best place we can find this? Uh, easiest is Amazon. Amazon, okay. If you're if if for some reason um, you want to buy, you know, more than a few. Yes. Like, like you know, various places, you know, buy and buy the box. Yes. Uh, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna make some volume purchases, get in touch with me. I'm easy to find via email. Fantastic. And and I'll put you in touch with the people at the publisher, um, who will give uh, a deeper discount for volume purchasing. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. So uh, for our listeners here, may you develop, practice, and use elements of daily management systems. Again, if you don't know what they are, explore them. Find out what they are. If you've got them now, look to use them and be reliant on them, coming, bringing folks back to work and powering things back up. Start with small improvements. So may you find the courage to start with the small improvements. Go have the one-on-ones. Go have those conversations that are about, what have you been up to? I'm so glad you're back here. Uh, what else can we do for you here today? Start small. Be patient. And may you be filled with the spirit of Kaizen. Indeed. If you'd like to comment on this cast or any other, we'd love to hear from you. You can send your comments to opticast at optimanow.com.